Hello everybody, what's been happening? Where's everybody been? Um, I was gonna... I, I, basically there's two things I want to talk about on this on this blog, on this audio blog. First of all is, um, I told my mummy... Tell me I'm... I told my mummy that I had a sugar addiction on Sunday. And I said, you know what, mother? This is a real struggle. I have this sugar addiction. And I don't know what to do. So, mummy said, well, Stephen, it's in your brain. You know, fine, if you're on counselling, it's fine. But it's just, you know, when you, you think... If you're five, that's not what you did, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I spoke to my sister about it and she said, you know, addressing that it is a problem, you know, you need to know that it is. I mean, I've already done a vid video about my my uh, my sugar journey and where that led me and, and it's going to be later on in this episode. But I do feel that, you know, I'm a very long way off being cured. A very long way off. And all this weight that I've lost, I've only put half the work in. Which isn't good, you know, when you put half the work in. Um, because... There's no way that I want to rock it back up. You know? Um, I mean, I could easily do that. But, um, you know. Also on this podcast, I'm going to say don't diet. You know? Don't diet, just eat healthily. Eat. You know? Look at the foods that you're eating diets do nothing because when you go on a diet what you're basically doing is you're losing the weight you're taking the things that you would normally eat out your body's like it's kind of a shock physically and mentally i mean when you're on slimming world for example the the thing that happens on slimming world is you start eating very bland stuff so you cut out all the stuff to have you know like you cut out, for example, the sauces. You cut out all the gravy. You cut out the Yorkshire puddings. You cut out all the good stuff, the stuff you love. You know? I'm not just talking about biscuits and cake. I'm talking about Yorkshire puddings, gravy, sauces. You can't have sauce or vinegar with your meal because it's classed as a sin. You know? And you're made to feel... When you go to these fat clubs... When you go on the scales, you're meant to feel guilty. You're meant to feel bad. Because that's what they want. That's how they make their money. And Slimming World, please do not join Slimming World because you can't leave. You're always a member. And that this is why, you know when you rejoin Slimming World and you get a new book, it's cheaper if you've been a member before. Um, it's also cheaper for them to just walk you through the steps. Um... 
you know, and, and people pay into this raffle and whatever. Uh, but, see, I'm not a Slimming World person. Uh, because, you know, like I said, you cut out everything. You, you, For example, okay, let's say you have a roast dinner. Um, so your roast dinner would be a kid's portion of a roast dinner. You wouldn't have any Yorkshire's. You wouldn't have any gravy. You wouldn't have anything like that. You would just have roast potatoes, meat, and veg. And as long as the meat's grilled, cooked, as long as it's not had anything sprayed on it, um, you know, or inject... I mean, what's all this about cooking oil? I never understood about cooking oil um, for as long as I was on Slimming World. Never understood it. Um, you know, I understood that was, you know, what was grilled and fried. And I remember there was this one cafe that we went to and I said, how do you cook my bacon? Is it grilled or fried? And they would tell me that they never fried their, their food, which is a good thing because it meant that there's a lot of customers going there. But the thing is, right, the, the, the truth I'm going to tell you here is when you go on, when you join these fat clubs, Slimming World, Weight Watchers, whatever, when you join them, right, they want you to stick with them. So they do want you to put the weight back on so they can help you struggle losing the weight. That's what they do. Now, the reason you put the weight back on fast, or, you know, say, for example, right, it's the holiday season. You know, we have this roast dinner, we have our Yorkshire puddings, whatever, or whatever you have. Um, weight Watchers isn't as bad. I used to think they were just a product, but actually they're more better. So, anyway. Um, but Slimming World was the one that I know about. And... I still don't, I'll tell you, I still don't understand this eight, uh, what is it, uh, 25 to 100 sins. It's all a load of bull. I've said it before on these podcasts and I'll say it again. Slimming World is full of shit. It, it really is. There you go, I've said it. Um, in fact, Kevin Chapman said it on his, um, I mean, he, he put it a lot more cleaner. Um, he did a, he went on Slimming World for a, a month was it, and he showed you how bad things were. Um, I'll find the I'll find the video and I'll, I'll give you the link, because you go and watch like Kevin will uh, Kevin Chapman's Slimming World. I'm gonna put it on my uh, Facebook as well. Uh, Kevin Chapman doing Slimming World, and he said how bad it was not you know doing how bad it was doing Slimming World, how you know. And Slimming World is literally, it's a crash diet. You know? It's good for, say, the woman who wants to lose, what is it, 12 pounds in four weeks. You know, or say, like, four pounds. Say, um, let's say you want to lose four pounds in 12 weeks. Right? Easy done. With Slimming World, it's easy done. Because you are cutting out 
you know, you are eating stuff that's good for you, but you're not eating the stuff you need. You know, you're not eating like there's like for example the stuff in gravy you need, the stuff in sauces you need, the stuff in you know, Yorkshire puddings aren't necessarily all that bad. And the argument that I had with Slimming World, right? Was the mushy peas, right? I could never understand. Mushy peas never were high in sin. I'm telling you now, if I was a... If I was a Slim World consultant, I'd say, be careful with the mushy peas because they've got sugar in. Sugar is, you know, it's on your sins. Yes, mushy peas will react on a lot of people. Um, and they base it on... Uh, they, they they base a lot of the, the foods, like the speed foods, are more or less on how much fibre is in them. And so the reason why mushy peas isn't got... It's, the reason why mushy peas isn't on the sins list... I'll tell you why it's not on the sins list. Because when you eat mushy peas, you go to the toilet. Yeah. You know, it's it's a fact. You know, when you eat beans, you know, you go to the toilet. It reacts very differently on, on different people. So, um, and, you know, it's the same as sprouts. Like sprouts are really bad on, I think it's like sprouts or broccoli. Um, I go to the toilet really quick with that. But, it's it's like how much, you know, but the real the reality of it is, it's not it's not what you put in when you get out. It's what you do at the end of the day. It's what you do and what you don't do. And it's it's just learning what your body's capable of. Um, it's all that. Um, see, someone told me that the slim fast drinks are high in sin. Well, I can understand that because, I mean, Slim World would not want you to have them anyway because, um, you are taking a shortcut and you're losing weight very, very quickly. However, if I was a doctor, I would have people on those slim fast drinks. I would not have people going to Slim World. No way. You know? If I had people come into my surgery, I'd say, hey, you need to have these slim fast drinks. You know? I would say to people, have you tried Slimming World? Have you tried Weight Watchers? Because not everything works for everybody. Diets don't work for everybody. But I will say this, diets don't work full stop. Because when you come out of that diet, you put the weight back on. Some people know how to get it back off again. But some people are like, you know... Um, and it's like, wow, how are you, how are you doing this? But they will have their secrets because they obviously are doing things that they don't want, um, Slim World to know. I know there was a few people at least to mention Weight Watchers. <gasps> what a swear word. But when Slim World updated their books, they actually put some Weight Watchers stuff in. And it's like, hang on here, you know. But out, you know what? I I used to love it when people used to mention. Oh, I've I've used Weight Watchers sausages. You'd see in the group that somebody had used Weight Watchers stuff. 
And why? Because it tastes better. Have you ever tasted Slimming World food? I'm going to tell you what it tastes like. All right? Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, first of all, the good stuff. Like, for example, the uh, air bars. I think they're called air bars. They're really nice. Oh, they are very Moorish. Um, you just go on Slim World to have them alone because they are... F- yeah, man. Uh, the Choco Shots, oh, yeah, they're good. Right? But mixing... Like, the worst thing I had on Slim World... Right, the, I'll tell you, the, the best thing I had on Slim World was the, the Air Bars, uh, the Choco Shots, and what was the other good thing I had? Um... Ham and pea soup. Oh, yeah. Um, seriously, I I think if I was gonna do Slim World, if I had to do Slim World um, again, and had to do it seriously, I'd just live on ham and pea soup. Um, and I'd have my chocolate drinks for lunch. Ha! Um. Boy, I'd be I'd be anorexic, I think, if I did that. But um, I, well, I would be I would be now. Um, but you know, um, and I've always I've always I've always said I've always ranted about diets because I've done it. I've been there, and I'm writing a blog post soon. Once I've uh, once I've come out of this, um, even when we come out of lockdown. Even when I get the help, I'm going to say diets do not work. They don't work. I, I'm, I'm being honest here, right? Diets do not work. You need a good eating lifestyle. First of all, you need to see what your habits are. Addictions. Addictions, if you've got them. You need to seek the help. If you've got a problem, you, you, know, you need to go and seek the help. Um... But diets don't work. Somebody sticking you on a diet and think you're going to magically use the weight, that's a load of bullshit, basically. <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, you, the, another thing with the diet, right, um, is... I, I do feel sorry for people who are on diets and can't lose the weight. I do feel sorry for them. The reason I feel sorry for them is because they've been put on that diet and they've been, you know, they're being roped along, this is what you should do. This is how to do it. This is how you cook the food. No! Oh, for goodness sake. Right? Think. Right. This is what I need. Okay. Let's say, for example, you're 11 stone 10. What you need is three meals a day. That's all you need. Nothing in between. Right? Um... And I'm not coaching you here because I'm not qualified to. But I'm telling you what I, you know, how to do it. If you're 13 stone, you don't need three meals. You can opt one of them out. You can, you can, I'm sure people can do without lunch. The Slim Fast drinks have got as much, if anyone wants to go, go for it, they've got as much nutrients in. Uh, in fact, doctors have prescribed the same sort of drinks that they prescribe anorexics. I've had one of those drinks, you know, that they have, uh, that they give anorexics. I've had one of those drinks. Um, They come in a bottle and you just shake them and they taste really nice. 
The only problem is they're very oaty. You get that sort of dry feeling in your throat. So you need to have a, a separate drink. You need to drink lots of water after it. But they do the same thing. You know? Um, and also there are certain people that um, are afraid of food. And they get these meal replacement drinks. They're not dangerous. They're not dangerous. The, the, you know, they were advertised as dangerous because the reason they were advertised as dangerous is because anorexics were using them. Right? But in actual fact, if, if anybody was anorexic, you know, I would rather prescribing a, a, a drink that's got the same nutrients in as, you know, and that's what they do. They give these anorexics the drinks first to get them onto food. To, you know, they start off with the the liquids before they do the solids. So these slim fast drinks, they are not dangerous. I lost I was fourteen stone when I went on the slim and fast drinks, I was fourteen stone six when I went on the slim fast drinks. I was 14 stone 6. I dropped to 13 stone. Right? I stayed on the slim fast drinks. I actually got to 12 stone... No, I made myself ill and I got to 12 stone 8. Then I had the slim fast drinks. Uh, Then I... What did I do? (laughs) But yeah. I've also proven a fact that diets don't work as well because I'm also losing the weight and not understanding how I'm losing it. Well, actually, I, the thing I understand is, yeah, I'm not eating sugar, but I'm also eating three meals a day and getting treats and I'm comfortable with losing it, but not. That's why I'm talking to you guys in this podcast. So the thing is, I know I need help. I know I need this. I know I need that. And I know that there are ruts to fall back into. One of the ruts that I could fall back into is not just the sugar, you know, addiction, but... You know... Going, oh, I'm not going to do this today, blah, blah, blah. And when the swimming pool opens, I'm going to be there on the Mondays. In fact, while my groups aren't on, I'm going to probably go in there every day. Just while my groups aren't on. You know, just going in the pool. Swimming a few lengths, coming home, doing the weights, you know. But, you know, since I got myself fit in the first month, like, I think, was it March, April? April, May, June, 
yeah, it's taken me over eight years and two months to lose it all. So, I just need to look at eight years. I mean, um, at least six years ago, I had about five hoodies and two pairs of jeans that I threw out. Now, I'm literally throwing out a lot of clothes. All my extra large t-shirts that sort of fit in me, uh, they're gone. Some of my shorts have gone. Um, I've got new trunks. I've got new shorts. I'm getting new jeans. I've got new t-shirts. I've got new shirts. So my wardrobe is getting got is being like renewed. That hasn't happened since like five or six years ago. It got renewed. There was about five hoodies. I had about five. I had about six hoodies. No, I had more, and they all went. Is six years ago they all went. The Lonsdale hoodie, the one mummy got from Scotland. You know, I mean, the twins actually bought me a hoodie for Christmas, which is a, I think it's an XL or a medium, but they got me this hoodie, and I'm keeping it because it's a nice hoodie. It keeps me warm in the winter. It's a nice baggy hoodie. There's nothing wrong with it. And it's an expensive hoodie. So that's the reason I'm keeping it. <laughs> you know. Um, and it's a nice material. And I like it, you know. Um, but. There's a lot of clothes that are going. They're going to be seeing the bin bag. The charity shop. And. I can't believe I'm speaking like this. You know. But I've not, I'm not feeling the wow factor. Inside, I'm unfit. Um, I haven't done the hard work. You know, it's other people have done the work for me. It's kind of lazy to think that way, but, you know. And if I told people how to lose weight the lazy way, I'd say, well... Go to a health farm and live how I've lived, you know. Well, not health farm except, but you know, because you've got like I have a few treats now and then. But basically, um, oh, I need a tissue. You know. I wouldn't recommend a health farm, but oh dear.
yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not lethargic anymore. But I do have days where I think, oh, I could just, like now, I could just lie on the bed. Or, yesterday I sort of had a lazy day, actually. I mean, I did the weights and that in the afternoon, but I just thought, oh, I'm not working hard today, you know. Hey folks, how are we? It's been a while since I've um, come on here, decided to do something for the episode, and yeah. So, today is the day where I go into the office again, write some more notes, try and think of a What do you call it? A strategy? Some targets? Some goals? Um, mission statements for the company? But I'm basically opening a a, a fitness company. Um, Never thought I'd hear words come out of my mouth, ever. But um, I don't know what it is. You know, I've been looking up fitness the last few weeks. Um, I've been looking out to better myself these last few weeks as well. And things have been going very, very quickly. But I've had to slow down a few things and... We, what we're doing is we're, we're marketing very quickly. So our marketing strategies are the quickest, but we're like, you know, helping people with sugar addiction and stuff like that. But also it's like, well, helping people to get fit as well. And we got, you know, what's on Easter? And it's like, you know, it's like we, we've got our community straight out there, straight out the box. And it's like, can we can we look at our community? Is the you know? Is there something? That we need to look at. And it's like, the the thing that, I want to talk about the damages of sugar addiction today, in this audio blog, before I sign off and give you the thing. So, you'll probably hear, when I started my sugar addiction journey um i would hear the classic diabetes Stephen, you're going to be you're going to get diabetes and there was there is diabetes in my family 
and my stepdad, my stepdad's cousin, who I'm not going to mention on the on the podcast, she's got diabetes too. But she's got, I think she was born with it, type one. But my stepdad tried to scare me with it. But this thing with diabetes is, it's not really a scary thing. I think the scary thing with diabetes is. You know, I mean, I've already got sight problems. So if I had diabetes, my sight problems would get even worse than now. I would lose more sight, which I've got useful vision. And I would lose a lot of useful vision. And basically my my sight would be fucked. Um, you know, you lose... You can lose, like, fingers and toes. I think there's worse... Your kidneys can fail. Um, all of that. Um, another thing, you know, like, I got... The last few weeks, I've looked into sugar addiction and looked all the bad stuff. Seriously, you think alcoholics were worse? I mean, alcoholics, any addiction is bad. But you usually hear the bad side, like... The bad side to alcohol is everything happens very, very quickly. Um... Unfortunately, though, unlike other street drugs, alcohol still works quite slowly because of all the other ingredients that are in um, an alcoholic beverage, even the really cheap ones. Because of all the other things that are in there. And guess what's in alcohol? Sugar. Guess what they put in that? They put a lot of sugar stuff. A lot of people that come off, a lot of alcoholics, they come off, guess what? Um, a lot of these uh, AA people tell people, tell a lot of alcoholics to do. They tell them to eat sugary stuff. Now, that's going to be okay for the first couple of weeks. But really, you want to sort of, um, if you're an alcoholic and you're coming off, you're, you're coming off your alcohol, you want to treat sugar like diazepam. You really want to, you know, you want to be on sugar for a month. Um so it's it's like and i wouldn't eat the sugar i would drink it because you're trying to so for example um any advice i give to an alky is you know um don't eat sweets but drink drink a drink that's the highest sugar drink going lucozade is probably the best one that I would get people to drink alcoholics to drink. Bottle of Lucozade every day on the hour. Because as soon as you wake up, because the thing with alcoholics, they crave drink more. And they'd have water as well. So you your Lucozade, then your water. You know, that's how you would do it. Lucozade, then your water. I think if I was, I think a thing I'd, I'd say is like, get as much caffeine as you can. Because, you know, um, that's the thing. But, back to sugar, right? Sugar, it's the slowest way. It, it damages your body really, really slowly. But, the problem is with sugar, it's, it's, it's like an axe going... It's like a... I wouldn't say an axe... It's like a razor blade cutting through your body very, very slowly. 
That's how sugar, that's how refined sugar works. That's how a lot of refined sugar works. And if you've got a small or sensitive stomach, if you have lots of refined sugar, your stomach ain't going to like you. Your body ain't going to like you. Never mind your stomach. Mentally and physically. And uh, I've, in my previous episode, um, I've discussed about the eggy burps. If you want to know about that, you know, see my previous episode. And I never listened to my body. I didn't listen to anybody. A few years ago, I wouldn't have looked up. I wouldn't have looked up fitness on the internet. I wouldn't have looked up fitness on YouTube. I wouldn't have told people about sugar addiction. I wouldn't have told people I want counselling for sugar addiction. And I think... In fact, I know. I think, why all these years ago did I not listen? It's one of the things I've, you know, told my... Telling myself now. Why did I never listen all those years ago when people said, Stephen, you need to exercise. Stephen, if you don't do this, you, you know... Even when I had fatty liver, 15 star four, I could hear myself, yesterday I was talking to my big sister on the phone, Jessica on the phone. I was telling her the same things that people were telling me. When we were in lockdown, my, my mother nearly hit, collapsed on the floor when I said to her, uh, I'm, I'm going over the top here, but um, I was, I'd lost... Within uh, the first two months, I'd lost uh, four pounds very, very fast, very quickly. Five pounds very quickly. Because my body didn't want the sugar. My brain wanted it. My brain wanted it. And as a, and another thing as well, um, if, if you Christians out there, you know, you know you are, people... I'm asking any prayer groups out there, please pray for me because addiction is a demon. I see addiction as a... You you hear about these fictitious monsters, the Yeti, all those types, the... What is it? The Loch Ness Monster. All these great theory, all these great myths, right? But I can tell you a real monster that's invisible, but it grabs you by the testicles and it'll never let go. You have to fight it. Once it grabs you, it'll never let you go. And it's called addiction. And it's real. It's a real living monster. And it's invisible. Um, and, you know, it's, it's... It's a pestilent being. That's what I call addiction. And I'm sorry if... <laughs> but that's what I see addiction as. It's, it's a pestilent being... It really wants to grab us and it wants us to waste our time on it. And and the, the thing with addiction is when you, like with sugar addiction or food addiction, because, you know, I had that as well, but I'll talk about that in a different episode because people want, to, want me to talk about that and I'll go in depth. But sugar addiction is more, because with sugar addiction, you can't pass a sweet shop with going in. Or you can't go in a sweet shop without buying sweets. Or you can't see a piece of cake on the table. Your weakness has begun really, you know, when addiction has got you, it's like, ah, we've got you. 
you know, you are going to have the cake. In fact, Roald Dahl has wrote a fantastic uh, story. It's called The Tummy Beast. I found it quite funny when I was a kid. Um, that's the sugar... In fact, um, I think Roald Dahl had a sugar addiction. He must have had a sugar addiction. He had issues with sugar because when he writes, like um, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory... Um, all those greedy kids that get, uh, you know, terrible things happen to them um, because they're like Augustus Gloop. Um, he drowns in the river. Um, you know, you've got Veruca Salt who goes down the chute. It's like that. I think that was Roald Dahl, you know. Um, there was a, what was the other book where he, he was talking about sugar. See, Roll Doll, it comes up a few times with Roll Doll. You know, it's not just... Uh... Oh, it comes up in The Witches as well, where they um, they take this chocolate bar and he becomes a mouse. So I think Roll Doll had an issue with sugar, but he was frustrated with it. And he was just frustrated with kids consuming really high amounts of sugar. So it really, it really stood out in his fiction, you know, um, and Charlie in the chocolate, uh, not Charlie, yeah, Ch Willy Wonka is frustrated with all these kids because um, they won't learn. You know, you tell a kid something, they won't learn. So you got to show them something. Then they will. But sometimes it's too late. Um, and Charlie's the boy that's just the perfect little child. Who does absolutely nothing wrong. And he doesn't... You know, really, Charlie... He's not really into chocolate. When we look at this story symbolically... Charlie is not the... You know, Charlie's the, the kid that, you know... Fine, you know, a chocolate bar is like, it'll probably, you know, but it won't really phase him. You know, to him, this is just a magical adventure. And he's seeing all these kids. He's like, to Charlie, like, but Willy Wonka has got to teach Charlie this lesson about what happens if you consume too much sugar. What happens if you can, if you are a, you know, a greedy kid, what happens to you? It shows, and you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is, is it's that symbolic. It's very, very symbolic, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's lots and lots of symbolic stuff in it. Um, and that's not a theory. That's something that, you know, if you read Chocolate and the Chocolate Factory, you know, and, Cho and Charlie's grandfather as well. Um, Charlie's grandfather is not like... Um, Charlie's grandfather really should be Charlie's brother. Because he's, you know, have if you read the books, you know, Charlie's grandfather proper, proper handholds him all the way through the adventure. As if to say, you know, these kids have got it coming to them. These kids have really got it coming to them. And Willy Wonka, who's actually... 
symbolizing Charlie's dad going these are the these are the kids you know that they're not learning anything they're going to be taught something what better way to teach a kid it's like Hansel and Gretel you know you've got the classic house of candy so anyway um Let's go away from symbolic stuff. We'll discuss that in a, ne- a next episode. I think we will discuss that in a separate episode because it's, you know, I, I think it's very, very symbolic. And, um, yeah. So going to... Um, Going back to my sugar story, or going back to what I'm talking about, which is, you know, the sugar addiction, and knowing that I should have listened. Um, you know, like Stephen, what happens when you, you know, what happens when you eat this? too much of that, well, you get these horrible burps again, but it's not at all, so sugar damages your body a lot slower, it's like a razor blade, could you imagine putting a razor blade all the way through your body, really slowly, I mean, one day, it might not be the burps, it might be bowel problems, you know, and I might have to go for a stoma bag. Or it might be that my blood stops working. But I know that I have a problem with sugar. And I'm trying to tell people, but the reason why a lot of people aren't believing me about this and believing that I'm coming out with this problem is because... I think it's an excuse as I keep saying but the thing is if if we don't do anything um, now to conquer this you know like in place like I'm still I'm, I'm looking I'm reaching out there to Get counselling for myself. Like at the time, um, when I mean the sugar count, the sugar thing. Like, I was I was drinking my Dr Pepper last night, and I was thinking, I kind of like this, you know, because I can get the same buzz of drinking a fizzy drink. You know, I don't have to eat much or whatever. Why? I was really thinking it. A solution about a solution. Um, when I went to bed last night, um, and that was exhausting because when you think about solution, I didn't want to. Th- I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to lie to myself anymore. And I know it's a problem. 
Um, I'd be lying if I said sugar is not a problem. You know, I would be lying if I said, oh, you know, I haven't got a problem with sugar. I remember my sister last year was, she was cooking tea for me. I don't know how this happened, but she was cooking tea for me. And I kept asking her, when's tea, when's tea? You know, when's, when's, oh, it'll happen. And I got my tea. And the very next day she went to my mummy. No, she said to me, she said, Stephen, have you got a food addiction? Have you got an obsession with food? That's it. And I said, not really. Um, I think I was in denial, denial back then, as any human would be, but I think it was like, oh, well, you, I'm trying to help you, but you don't want it, so that's it, you know. Um, but now it's like I've seen what refined sugar does. I've read about food addictions. I've been well-educated about this. Knowing it's out there, I think, gosh, is that me? Bloody hell. And that was I mean, the most scary thing. And um, another scary thing I read was um, I'm in a Facebook group. I can't really talk about because uh, it's a private one. But um, somebody had mentioned, I told them about what sugar did to me and how it made me ill and stuff. I told them, I went in depth with Deggy burps and somebody replied they went snap me too I'm thinking shit am I I'm not the only one but the problem is it's it's a lonely journey it's one of the most lonely journeys you've ever gone because no one's like thinking you're going to smash it um and yeah I, I, I do understand that there's nobody out there that's going to wave a magic wand I understand that. There's no, you know, nobody out there is going to wave a magic wand. But there is a mental side to it. You know, I want to be, at the end of the day, I just want to look at a tin of biscuits and go, yeah, I'll have a few biscuits today. Uh, well, two or three biscuits. That'll be me. Or just a biscuit. Just a you know, I wouldn't really bother. You know, um, what's wrong with that, you know? Um, because it's like a few years ago it's like I'm fat I'll never be thin I'd, and I gave up you see diets don't work for me because you've got to eat that strategy and as soon as you go back to normal eating or once you eat normally, you put the weight back on. You know, and I'm still just eating like, I get up, have toast for breakfast and coffee or tea for breakfast. And then I have sandwich and coffee for lunch. And tea, I'll have whatever. Last night we had um, sausage, um, black pudding, beans, 
we didn't have beans. We had peas. Tomato. And that's what we had. And that was tea last night. That was last night's tea. Um, the night before, the day before we had, um, what did we have? Oh yeah, sorry, lunch yesterday I had, um, I had, I had two sandwiches and a piece of bread, a bit of crust on my plate. So that was yesterday's lunch and a cup of coffee. And yesterday's breakfast was a slice of toast and a cup of coffee. And then the day before it was, uh, breakfast was toast and coffee. Um, I had a crust yesterday as well. Uh, Sunday it was, breakfast was toast and coffee. Um, lunch was... Uh, sandwich. Then tea was roast dinner with coffee. And then I had ginger, uh, uh, ginger beer later on. Um, I forgot my bedtime drink, so my bedtime drink is, last night it was Dr Pepper, the night before it was Dr Pepper, tonight it'll be Dr Pepper, so it's usually ginger beer, but I've got, I've not finished my Dr Pepper yet, so, um, that's what I'm having, um, you know, unless it's a Saturday night, and a Saturday night, is where I have a couple of pints and a packet of crisps. I had two packets of crisps last week. Not on the same night, but I had two packets of crisps last week. So I'm giving you what, you know, I'm giving you a, a picture of what a typical day or a typical week or how it looks, you know. Um, how I used to eat. I'll tell you what I used to eat in a week. Um, so this is what mon this is what a typical day was. Um I'll give you I'll give you Sunday, then I'll give you Monday. Um and then I'll give you Tuesday and then I'll give you Friday. Friday. The only days I actually know off the top of the head, but I know I yet. So Sunday would be up. Uh, I wouldn't have anything for breakfast because um Usually because I'd get up late. It's been like half eight, something like that. Get up for, wait, you know, get for church for half nine. Um, go to church. After church, have a few biscuits in the hand. Um, along with a cup of coffee. Um, and then... Um, Yeah, where was I? A bit, uh, yeah, a cup of coffee, a few biscuits. 
Then I go to the mount, have my roast dinner. Um, with a pint of Coke. Um, and then I go to the Friendship Cafe and I'd have a few biscuits and a few cakes. With a cup of coffee. Um, and if I went to Mike's, I'd usually have cake and ice cream. So, um, yeah, so that's a Sunday for you. Right, Monday, uh, breakfast, toast, If if unless I felt sluggish, um, and coffee. Then uh, lunch would be a sandwich. Um, and then I come, ha- come home, have tea, go to the railway and have, um, a pint of bitter, then a half a bitter, and then have a packet of crisps, um, which I might, in fact, if I go to the, go to the, um, I mean, if, If I'm going to the... I might say to mummy I'm going to space my my pints out a week. So I might just have like, you know, a pint on a Monday and then like a, a pint on the weekend. Or I might just, you know, alternate it. Just depends when we go back to normal. Um, because I can get, you know... Um, A fizzy drink or a cordial or something when I'm out, um, you know, um, and then go and have a pint on the weekend or something, you know, um, So we'll see how that pans out because it might be that I might want to go and or I might even feel like a pint at all that week. Just as we'll just see how it pans out. You know. <clears throat> we'll just see how the weekend pans out. So um you know, because it might be that I might want to go And have a pint on the weekend instead of, you know, a pint in the week. So, you know, it might be one of those things that I do, you know. Um, It's one of those things, if people know that I'm doing that as well, it'd be like, wow, you know, you've really planned things around the lobby like yeah I've, I've planned things it's like it's not that I'm not drinking when I'm out but it's like I'm thinking well you know 
I'm going to have a pint on the weekend or, you know. Um, because, right, I'll tell you something. I have um, one of my favourite podcasts comes out on uh, the Friday. And I'm thinking, maybe I'll have like a podcast afternoon. So I'll go out with my earphones and my phone and I'll buy a pint and I'll sit with the pint of beer and I'll listen to the retro hour. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a good good excuse to go for a pint, listen to the retro hour. Um, but, you know, um, that'd be just a really cool idea. But um, don't tell me on. I'm going to have my wash in a minute and go for it. But, you know, back to this whole thing, it's like knowing, knowing what to do, planning the diet well. Oh, yeah. So Tuesday, I was going to give you Tuesday. So Tuesday. Um, it might not be when you listen to this podcast. By the way, that clock's a bit, it's a bit, a bit slow, that clock. Um, so, a typical, a typical, um, day would look like, um, Tuesday, yeah. So get up, have toast. Um, I normally have three drinks because I'd have a drink here, then two drinks later on at men's group at half ten. We have one at half ten and one about quarter past eleven. And then uh, I go to Stepping Stones and I'd have Mike's Sandwiches followed by two hot chocolates so yeah um then wednesday going to my goal i'd have my breakfast sometimes and slip a cookie in on the way to my goal or some sweets chocolate eggs Normally, and then I'd have uh, a sandwich and a Pepsi, and then I'd have a coffee afterwards. Then I'd come home, have my tea, go to church. Church group have grapes, crackers, whatever. Then I'd come home, have my bedtime drink, go to bed, wake up tomorrow, wake up the next day feeling absolutely rubbishy. Um, Then I'd have on Thursday... No, uh, Friday I was going to do next. So Friday, have my toast at Neil's. Um, coffee. Then I'd have... Um, yeah, toast at Neil's. Coffee. Then I'd have lunch. Which is a sandwich. Then I'd go to the Sally Army and have... Hot chocolate and a few biscuits. So, yeah, now I've sort of given you my week to what it is now. 
you can kind of see where I've gone wrong and stuff. So, it's, uh, it's knowing, it's like, my weakness, and knowing how to, yeah. Oh, this is our last little bit to the, um, to the podcast. Me actually recording a podcast while on the move. I've actually written on the Facebook page as well, just 10 things to do, or five things, top five. But actually, no, I've put a top 10 because it bit more of a challenge isn't it but got myself out because I don't whoa oh for fuck's sake do not tell me oh for god's sake wasn't that big luckily it wasn't that big there's always there's already there's always some irresponsible bastard Yeah, some irresponsible bastard. And, uh... How can I put it into words? I was only a bit of dog shit. It's usually when there's big dog shit. Anyway. Anyways, I'll wait until I get home and then I'll have a thorough investigation. Where was I before uh, that distracted me? And I nearly slipped in it as well. That was fucking disgraceful. Man, I fucking. Why? Fucking. Oh god. I hate dog shit. But I hate stepping in it as well, so fucking. Now you can do, really. Now you can do. There's one good thing about these trainers, it doesn't stick to them properly. I've had shoes in the past where 
like once you step in the dog shit that's it but with these because they're flat anyway where was we um like i said i'll check it when i get home and it won't be too bad but it really annoys me when that happens Uh, I think I sort of missed it anyway a little bit I wouldn't have liked to have slipped in it that would have been a pair of clothes I'd have had to change anyway where was we before we were talking about uh, dog minds we were discussing about lockdown I've been a little bit um it has got to me now, I think. Strangely enough. It's like we've been in lockdown for so long. And it's like... I feel like a prisoner. It's strange, because... Oh I, I can walk to town now, which is... Like, thank God, I can go to town and fucking... Go into shops and... But it's like... Whereas before, I was confined to my... Ho- my house can you imagine how that feels you know come on uh, but I I understand it's getting to a few people now um, like in the early days of lockdown it's like oh this ain't getting to me and it's not getting to me proper because I get out and do shit but in the early days of this it was getting to me Uh, it wasn't getting to me but it's like now is a little bit I'm now struggling with um, with lockdown, I think. I saw like with this one, one meter rule and then this two meter rule and and to be honest, I'm not a believer in COVID. And there's a few things that have been annoying me in. No, angering me in in uh, in in lockdown, as you know, the whole um, Black Lives Matter thing. The mainstream have been using lockdown as a very good excuse to pretend to be underground. And a lot of people have come out about it. Politically. We've seen these issues. Now is a good time where we voice to our MPs. And I'm protesting about something very silently at the moment. Hasn't hasn't been raised, but I'm actually protesting about a few things. And it should be campaigned. 
if you protest and it's like you know and the way way the way you go about protesting is you believe in what you protest for anyway so And it doesn't matter which party they're from, left wing, right wing. Um, the thing that I'm protesting against is abuse and hate crime. Hate crime is not even a word. May crime is, but hate crime, hate is not crime. Let's just put that down to a standpoint. Hate is 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 much more colder than 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 what people um, understand you know it's like it's the opposite to love and we're born to either love or hate Um, care it's, it's in that person you know if that person hates they can't be taught to love or care and if a person cares and loves they can't be taught to hate unless they're programmed to and there's that much uh, hate going on in the world and that it's sold um, by a lot of evil a lot of evil is uh in the world and it's being used you know the power people have power and when they have um, when they have the power that's when they start that's when they start being you know oh um you know that's when they start abusing people you know bullying well they start bullying abusing torturing it's wrong and uh, I've learnt about it in all my groups that I go to but I've also learnt about it on certain YouTube channels I follow and uh, it's wrong and do you think that uh, like I still it's still happening still goes on You know, still, you know, you don't get to know everything that goes on behind closed doors. I think there was a lot more that went on at Winterbourne View than what they showed, what they were allowed to show anyway. Um, It did get to the point where people were getting tortured and 
I'm against it. You know? Abuse. Torture is wrong. Abuse is wrong. Torture is definitely wrong. So, I'm just going to write to on my MPs and saying, it's still out there, it's still going on. Let's protest about things that really, really matter. You know, that guy who got killed in America, I'm not saying you don't do anything about it, but I think you know we need to stop using things that will you know the mainstream people will pretend to be underground by protesting against something that's mainstream you know and I do think it was wrong what happened uh, but then there's been people over here that haven't been fully believing in what they protest. Me and myself, that's not something that I would go to a protest for because it's not something that I fully believe in. Um... You know, and that's what you should do. If you're going to protest about something, you've got to believe in it first. Um, And there's far more important things that are going on, which people aren't listening to. And... We need to... We need to protest against it. I don't think uh, I don't think people are listening myself hence why it's all been hushed up but it still carries on those people have a voice. They don't like it when someone has a voice. Politicians, um, bosses. I've seen it many a time. Uh, they don't like it when you have a voice because when you have a voice, it does so much. And, and there's people that stick up for these people you know so what's my what's my message 
I'm not saying don't go to protest, don't protest, but protest in what you believe in. Oh, is that gate open? Keep wanting to cut through that way. And I would do, but... So, yeah. Um, tomorrow, we're doing a Q&A. Doing a coffee time... Uh, and we're trying to get the community onto this audio blog and see what is happening. Um, I'm doing a live video and talking about lockdown. Uh... Another thing that's got to me through lockdown. That looks like a big manhole there. No, it's just a post in a puddle. Um, another thing that's got to me in lockdown is It's gone. It is gone. I'm sure when I remember it, I'll talk about it. I've been going on about protests. And by the way, I've got my hood up because it's cold. in the air which is that's one of the problems about being in a seaside town sometimes you get that horrible like when it's a damp day you get like this horrible damp in the air so as I was saying I'm not walking that is that pisses me off, you know. Because people who have dogs, right? They're the ones that fucking oh sorry you know I know some of you might have dogs listen to this pod and think I love dogs you know but some owners man to be honest to be worse if it was human shit I know there are places where uh, ah, it's starting to rain now. Yeah, there are places where people 
do that sort of kind of thing. I mean, bird poo I don't mind so much. I can actually get that off. But dog poo. Anyway. Back at base now. Oh, my glasses are steaming up.
on OKs too. Facebook.